Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's update, Pastor J.D. discusses in depth the peace treaty currently in the works between Israel and surrounding nations. The media is touting this as a good plan, but J.D. is teaching how this could be the entry into the tribulation. The good news is there's always hope in Jesus Christ. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 16, 2020. Number three. This is Ezekiel 38. This allied invasion, this alliance of nations that will invade Israel. Uh, Let me just quickly read verses 1 through 6 and verse 13, because verse 13 is key to what we just saw this last week. The word of the Lord came to me, verse 1, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Prophesy against him, and say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army, your horses, your horsemen, fully armed, and a great horde with large and small shields, all of them brandishing their swords. Verse 5, here's the list of the nations that will ally together in this invasion of Israel by their ancient names, Persia, Iran, Cush, and Put, the area we know today as Ethiopia and Africa and the Sudan will be with them all with shields and helmets, also Gamar with all its troops, and Beit Togarma, Beit is house in Arabic and in Hebrew, Togarma, believed to be the region we know today as modern day Turkey, from the far north, with all its troops, the many nations with you. Now I want to draw your attention to verse 13, because it's germane to our understanding of the significance of this UAE-Israel agreement. We're told Sheba and Dedan. Now if you look at a map, and I encourage you to do this by the way, uh, Google a map of the United Arab Emirates, Oman, and Saudi Arabia. They're all neighbors, basically. And they're all in that area 
that is ancient Sheba and Dedan, Saudi Arabia, being chief amongst them. And what's really interesting is, by the way, I was listening to a, an interview with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu this morning, and he all but said Saudi Arabia is about ready to sign, so is Oman, and all of this area now, because UAE has essentially blazed the trail, paved the way, if you prefer. And so now it's just a matter of time before Saudi Arabia, who already has a very chummy relationship with Israel, if I can say it like that, and it's just a matter of time before they formalize it. So the prophet Ezekiel is telling us that Saudi Arabia, that area there in the Gulf, those Gulf states, and the merchants of Tarshish, there's a lot of speculation about who Tarshish is, and all her villages will say to you, have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to seize much plunder? In other words, Saudi Arabia and Tarshish and the young nations or lions, as some of your translations render it, merely protest this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm. When they invade Israel to, for the purpose of taking this spoil, what Israel has. That's the purpose of the invasion. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert for those of you that want to read chapter 38 and chapter 39 with it. It doesn't work out too well. <laughs> Let me just say it like that. Uh, in fact, they are dealt by the hand of God, by God Himself. In fact, God in Ezekiel 38 through the prophet says, I'm going to do it in such a way so they will know that I am the Lord, their God. He's going to do it. I mean, there's no way. Here's, here's Israel right here. Here's Russia, Iran, Turkey, Etal. And they all come against Israel. It is believed by some, present company included, that this decimating and devastating defeat, it's really an annihilation of these invading armies and these allied nations that God Himself delivers, it will take place within the span of about 24 hours. Let that sink in when this happens. So, why is this agreement so significant prophetically? Simply put, it's because this is exactly what the prophet Ezekiel said would happen some 2,500 plus years ago. That there would be this invasion, that somehow, some way, these Gulf nations, these Arab nations, will not only not be involved in this invasion, they will actually protest this invasion, which suggests that they will have had some sort of a peace agreement with Israel. Voila. 
Also interesting to note, maybe as a side note, conspicuously absent from the nations that are listed in this Ezekiel 38 prophecy are Jordan, Egypt. Why? Oh, they have a peace agreement with Israel. Also, Syria is not mentioned. Why? I truly believe it's because of the prophecy in Isaiah 17.1, which is a prophecy very specific about Damascus becoming a ruinous heap, so much so that it is uninhabitable. It will be the sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria, and that's when they're going to come vis-a-vis Syria, where they're already at, by the way, at the ready, and have been, and then they will invade Israel exactly as we were told they would. This agreement, I believe, has, I'm going to use this phrase for lack of a better one, and I don't mean to be cute and clever again, but it's put on warp speed. This prophecy here in Ezekiel 38, and I also believe so too, has it now gone to warp speed for the very detailed prophecy in Daniel 9.27, which I would like to spend a little bit of time on. This is the prophecy about the seven-year peace agreement. And also, I believe, as I mentioned, that it will include the rebuilding of the third temple. And also, by the way, and we talked about this last week, The rapture of the church does not begin the seven-year tribulation. What begins the seven-year tribulation is the seven-year peace covenant here in Daniel 9.27. So let's roll, roll up our arm sleeves and let's kind of work through this very detailed prophecy. And I want to point out a couple of things here. He, speaking of the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant. Now again, this word confirm, very interesting word in the original language of the Hebrew and my native tongue of Arabic is the same word as many of the Arabic and Hebrew words are. It's the word hekbir. It's kind of like akbar, hekbir. Akbar is greater. Hekbir is superior, spectacular better, if you will, if you prefer. So this prophecy is saying that the Antichrist will make greater, superior, you know, by the way, parenthetically, I I probably need to mention this because whenever you hear Muslims say, Allah or Akbar, They're not saying God is great, and please, 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 Allah is not the title God synonymous with God. Allah is the name of their false God. Islam is a false religion, and Muhammad a false prophet, and Allah a false God. When they say in Arabic, Allahu Akbar, they're saying not God is great or Allah is great. They're saying Allah is greater. Changes the whole complexion of it, doesn't it? 
I'm going to come back to this because it's, again, uh, germane to our understanding of this. Greater than who? In other words, to be greater, that means that there had to be great first to make it greater. You see where I'm going? That's what this word means. There's something in place that just needs to be tweaked, made better, greater, superior than it was. And that's what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to make greater, superior, spectacular this covenant with many. That's another key word. (laughs) Not just Israel, but many nations with Israel. For one seven, a period of seven. This is the 70th week of Daniel, a.k.a. the time of Jacob's trouble. Which, by the way, again, and we'll talk about this in a moment, um, the, the seven-year tribulation is the time of Jacob's trouble. Are you Jacob? I'm talking about Jacob, Yahob, a.k.a. Israel. Jacob is Israel. It's the time of Israel's trouble and tribulation, not the church. That's what the seven-year tribulation is. It's the 70th week of Daniel. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the seven-year tribulation, and the confirming made greater superior of this agreement will commence the seven-year tribulation. So much detail, and we're not even halfway through the verse. You ready for more? In the middle of the seven, Three and a half years, 1260 days. Very specific, right? Well, what's going to happen in the middle? At the three and a half year mark. Oh, so glad you asked. Because we we have the answer. The Antichrist will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Now, think this through with me. You have this peace agreement, starts the seven-year tribulation. Jews rebuild their temple. The Antichrist is hailed as the Savior. No one has ever been able to do this before in human history, and he did it. And oh, by the way, Israel today, because they rejected their true Messiah, they will embrace the anti-Messiah. And by the way, anti does not mean against necessarily only. It also means in place of. They're going to embrace this false Messiah. And there, I have videos from 1980 where Jewish rabbis are singing songs, we want our Messiah now. We want our Messiah now. You go to Israel today, they will tell you the Messiah is about to appear. That's not Jesus, the true Messiah. At the three and a half year mark, that's when (laughs) they're going to realize, wait a minute, this is not our Messiah. 
Because if he were truly our Messiah, he would not commit this abomination. If he were truly our Messiah, he would not do this. And it's going to cause desolation. And the desolation will cause the Jews to flee to the place that is prepared for them. We have a a, a prophecy in the book of Revelation about this. For the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, where God himself protects them from the Antichrist, who's seeking to destroy them, turn on them. That place, I believe, is in modern-day Jordan, a place called Petra, which is an interesting place. I actually was able to go. My cousin took my wife and I there. What an amazing place. Uh, you, you, we, we were only there for one day, and you, you don't even, you need like a week. It's such a vast rock city, literally carved out of rock. It is an impenetrable fortress with one very narrow entrance to this city. And that's where the Jews are going to flee from Jerusalem. Matthew 24, Jesus talks about it. Pray that your flight, when you flee, is not on the Sabbath, when transportation during Shabbat is all shut down. Pray that you're not pregnant. That's going to make it more difficult. Pray that it's not in the winter. That's going to make it really difficult. Pray that it's not on the Sabbath, in the winter, and you're pregnant. That's horrible. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But you get the point, right? Sure hope so. They're going to flee from Israel, from Jerusalem to Petra for the last three and a half years. In fact, there was a Bible scholar uh, with the Lord, now this is back in the 1800s, that was so convinced that Petra was the place that Revelation was talking about that God would protect the Jewish people for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. He took scriptures about Jesus, the true Messiah. He put them in earthen vessels and hid them all around the rock city. How cool is that? When we were there, we were looking for him. Couldn't find any. But uh, (laughs) so this is what's going to happen at the midpoint of this seven-year agreement. He's going to turn on Israel. He's going to be shown for who he really is. He is not the Christ. He is the Antichrist. He's going to commit this abomination that causes desolation. Now, again, when you talk about the timeline, this is very specific. We know that this happens at the midpoint. Now, Ezekiel 38, we don't know. There is much debate. It's all speculative. I am personally of the belief, not dogmatic about it, that it will happen at the very beginning of the seven-year tribulation, which is going to actually bring in this peace agreement. Because after that decimation and devastation and annihilation, oh my goodness, (laughs) we need to have peace now. There's one more very interesting and detailed prophecy in Revelation chapter 11, verse 2, in this regard, where John writes, but leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it. Why? Because it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months, three and a half years, 1,260 days. When I read that joint statement, and even the White House release, there was that interesting detail 
where the President of the United States said that this area, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, there on the Temple Mount, should be a place where people of all faiths can come and pray. I believe that is the fulfillment of Revelation 11-2, the outer course. For those of you that have been to Israel and were able to get on the Temple Mount, uh, you don't always get to go on the Temple Mount. It is just breathtaking because you're standing there where you know the temple's going to be. And you look over here to the outer courts where the Gentiles for three and a half years are going to tread underfoot. And all of these other faiths are going to come to this place, exactly as we're told in Revelation 11 too. It's right there. Exactly as we're told it would be. Don't measure that part, and here's why. Very interesting that he would reference this particular spot with such specificity concerning the Al-Aqsa Mosque, because again, it's exactly what we were told would happen on the outer courts of outside the temple. Number four, we need to keep moving here. This is the... Well, it's the dividing of Jerusalem. It's the two-state solution. It's cutting Jerusalem in two and giving the Palestinians, so-called, and the Jews the city and a capital in the city. This is the two-state solution which I have talked about many times before, but I am absolutely convinced that the two-state solution is Hitler's final solution repackaged. Because they don't want peace with Israel, a state alongside Israel. They want the destruction of Israel. And they've made it clear in no uncertain terms. And this prophecy in Zechariah 12, verses 1 through 3, again, very specific about what God is going to do concerning those who want to cut into Jerusalem. Listen, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, a prophecy concerning Israel, as some of your translations render it. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone burdensome stone, boundary stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away, give it away, cut it away, will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. 
All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while, we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.